Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. Did you know that you should never use paints or coatings on brick, block, stone, or mortar? It's because it needs to breathe. Instead, you can stain it to any color that you'd like, and yes, even the mortar too. Staining is 100% maintenance-free and permanent, unlike coatings. So why don't more people know about it? We wondered the same thing. M&N Masonry Staining is a South Jersey contractor that has partnered with the oldest brick staining manufacturer in the United States and is certified to use their proprietary products and over 45 years of staining knowledge. M&N is scheduling residential and commercial building estimates now. For more information, call Nick at 856-217-1750 or follow M&N Masonry Staining on any social media platform. Hello, hello. I'm excited to be back doing some podcast recordings. I really appreciate some people reaching out, listeners uh, reaching out and just asking, you know, when the next episode's coming. It's so important to take a break. Uh, Mental health is real. And between the current workload I have with my businesses and some traveling I was doing. I just turned 50 in February, so it was a big milestone for me. So I had some trips planned and it was it was well needed. Traveled out of the country a few times, out west, uh, family vacation. Just needed to step away a little bit and I'm sure uh, you listeners can appreciate that. But some, one thing I want to implement into the podcast and and something I'm excited about is when I go on my travels, I meet so many interesting people. And it's one of the most exciting things I think I I enjoy about traveling and just the just the amount of interesting people all over the world. So I'm gonna start filtering in some people that I meet on my travels and um, bring them on the podcast. So far the ones that I have asked they didn't hesitate. They wanted to be a part of it. And today's guest is one of those. And I'm super excited to have him on. In July is going to be three years that I've been consistently doing podcast episodes. And uh, this break was was definitely warranted and something that uh, has been kind of heavy on my chest for some time. I just needed to step away. But I'm back and I'm excited for some of the guests that I have on my list and I'm scheduling them again now. And I hope you enjoy today's episode and guest. Today's guest is a certified financial planner, a certified exit planning advisor, and an accredited investment fiduciary. 
He's also a friend that I met about eight months ago, which we'll get into. But last and not least, he's an Ohio State University football 2014 national champion. Russell Dalp, welcome to the show, man. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Yeah, man. I'm excited to have you. And and uh, I've been telling a few people that I'm going to be interviewing you. And I said, this is going to be a fun one. I definitely think it's one of those things whenever we do talk or get on the phone, it's like you never know where the conversation is going to go in a five minute period when we the time we have to actually talk. So, yeah, man, we have a lot of stuff that we're going to get into. You're, you know, before the recording, you're perfect for this show because of, you know, your your entrepreneurial spirit, your inspirational spirit. And just where you're taking your career, you're you're 30 years old, you've done a lot already, and you have a lot that you're planning to do. And I want to share share your inspiring story and, and what you plan to do. Let's go back to the beginning when you were at Ohio State. You know, wh- one of the things and brand that you're building is called the walk-on mentality, which I adore because, as you know, I also was an invited walk-on in my collegiate career. Nothing like your career, though, you know, national champion, which is an incredible story. Talk a little bit about why you went to Ohio State, how that came about, and why you took the major that you did. Man, I'd say everything kind of happened by accident. And it was that uniqueness when I go back into the walk-on mentality and kind of talk about how we all have this subconscious potential that we need to discover and really about believing in ourselves more. And it's, I would have never realized it until after the fact. So it's like, now it's reflecting back. So going into that, I never played football till halfway through my senior year of high school. And to get there, I know it is crazy, but there, it was one of those things that the kicker got hurt. It was a chain of events that probably is like a parlay if you're into betting, like likely is not going to happen, but they happen at the right time. So it's like the kicker got hurt in a soccer game. Backup kicker had a horrible kick that he missed that the coaches asked the players to go find someone to kick. And I've always been athletic, but never really played football. Messed with kicking one time, going to a camp, but did nothing with it after. And one of my friends came up and asked me, like, Russell, we'd love for you to join the team. I told him no, because my identity back in the day was a basketball player. So, like, I didn't want anything to get in the way of I was started on sophomore for basketball and baseball since I was a sophomore at Mount Vernon High School. And I told him no. One of my coaches asked me, I told him no. And for some reason, when they asked me the third time, I took some time to think about it. It almost reflected on like, hey, I've never played football. My friends play. It's something I'll probably never get to do again. So like, why not be open to that opportunity? And I can look back and say that I did it at a 10-year reunion or something. So I said, what's the worst that happens? All I thought was going to come of it was playing for that one year and being, being done and going off to play basketball or baseball. But it led to that you crazy opportunity that ended up getting me to Ohio State as a preferred walk-on. And uh, it was just a wild journey of a bunch of little things that led up to that moment. Incredible. And how many years did you play football there? So I played five seasons. I used my redshirt year. And my first three years were three head coaches. So I was there the whole tattoo scandal with Coach Tressel and Coach Fickle who's now at Wisconsin. So I'm kind of excited for them. And then uh, Coach Meyer for three years. And then also played kicker to safety to long snapper. So there's a lot of adaptability and change of environments and cultures, really. And they're all very successful, but different at the same time. Incredible story to get to that level. And it's just wow. And and not play 
football really at all, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, I had no idea in theory what I was doing with being a kicker. I didn't even know how good I was till my dad suggested I get kicking lessons from a guy while in high school just to see if I could get a little bit better. And that person was the one that said, Hey, have you ever considered kicking in college? You're pretty good at this. And went and made the recruiting tape that led me to sending it to a bunch of small schools. And I wasn't even going to send it to Ohio State because I thought it's the Ohio State and the best school in my state. But I thought what was the worst thing that happened and threw my name in the hat. And it was one of those moments that I was really glad that I did. Awesome. And you just said the Ohio State. Talk a little bit about what's the the all about? It's just the branding piece that mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing, it's kind of like if you kind of bold it, underline it, like and put an emphasis on the end, it's like you're just changing that mindset of like kind of a little gritty, kind of like trying to be the think of yourself in a higher level, whether it's cocky or whether it's confident. As mm -hmm. for other people to still think about, <laughs> but it, it kind of kind of play on words, I guess. Yeah, it makes me think of another school that does something similar, Miami, right? The U. Right. <laughs> the you. Oh, man, good stuff. So you you took business and you got a bachelor's degree at the Ohio State University. Did you know what you wanted to do with that business degree? Did you have a plan after you graduated? I had the goal to actually go into what I'm doing now in finance. But at the same time, while I was in college, I also had a coffee roasting business called Hog Roast Coffee with a buddy of mine. That was fun. We did for three years. And also, I did know, but at the same time, when I was done with school and tried to do the pro day and maybe get a chance to go to the NFL, because it's like, because why not at least give it a shot with not much to lose and that nothing came of that. But I had an opportunity to go do an internship and in where my dad works, which is oil and gas manufacturing and their supply chain. Even though I knew I wanted to go be in finance and do financial planning, I had this opportunity that they're going to pay me really well and pay for my housing. And I was like, well, it's hard to turn down when I was doing the math of how much per hour I was making back in 2014, 2015. So I took that opportunity, but I ended up still going to this path and knew that wasn't for me, but I gave it a shot. And that was when you were a production planner? Yeah. Is that what the Aerial Corporation? Gotcha. Because that was my question is you, you started interning um, for Gerber and then you, I guess we worked, you worked with Raymond James Financial Services, which is actually who I currently use. And then I was going to ask why you went to the uh, production planner route. So you just answered that. Yeah, it's a family owned business in my hometown and they're the leading manufacturer in the world for what they make. So it's a little niche of kind of reciprocal, like compressors. But so I love the people there, but I would have always looked back and regretted if I never gave trying to build my own business and go this route. So it was hard because, I mean, they've done a lot for my family and my hometown, but I would have always kind of wondered what if, if I didn't go and do try it. So you're with Maxwell Financial Management, LPL Financial Advisor, and an investment advisor representative. Talk talk a little bit about your your time there, which appears to be a little over six years. You're, you're nine years on your journey of your career. Uh, just just talk about some of the things that you can highlight while you have been a financial advisor. Yeah, so I started, I'd say, a super unique way because a lot of people go work for someone and kind of kind of work as an assistant role where I came here, which happened by chance. I was looking at Edward Jones and all these other companies. 
and actually was going to accept an offer with Edward Jones, but rescinded it the Friday before the Monday I was supposed to start after I had a phone call with uh, Dick Maxwell and didn't even have a job offer, but I just had a feeling of like, I always wanted to go my own route and give that a shot. And I'd rather start sooner rather than later. That way, if I failed, I'd rather fail earlier in my life than later. And uh, it's been a journey and I've learned a lot from... I always knew like investing was something I found out I loved in high school and I had a fake stock class and then I opened up my E-Trade account, which is what I used back then and realized then with financial planning, there's way more I can do for people than just investments. And so I learned something that was kind of like a triple win that you can really help people, you can make good money and I can kind of control and own my own business, which is what I wanted to do. And uh, from the beginning of just trying to family, friends, hustle, do as many different networking events as I could. I'd say one of the biggest things that I learned to sum this up real quick too is uh, I try to find things that fill my cup up. And that probably took me four or five years to learn that of like, it's okay to go to these events that are energy draining every now and then. But I really need to focus on what brings me energy and kind of when we were talking like how busy my calendar is now, it's like, everything energizes me. So even though I am tired and sleep real well, like I still feel refreshed every day, even if I'm running all day versus back when I would go to those different events and they just drain me of my energy. And I just started to have like a glass half empty mentality versus glass is actually three fourths of the way full and running high, maybe about a tip over kind of (laughs) mood. So this walk on mentality that you are, which we're going to get into, you know, the, the the brand that you're building, the various ways you're doing it. What does that mean to you exactly? Define WOM, walk on mentality. Yeah. If I'm summarizing it real quick, I would say my goal is to try to get people to believe and myself to believe in ourselves more. But then I also tie it into my business. It's kind of this ecosystem. It really has nothing to do with my business, but I try like how can I live this and learn more about myself? But really, it goes back to what I, when I was saying, we all have a subconscious potential that we need to discover. And to summarize that in four key points that I talk when I do my public speaking on it is you got to be open to opportunity. Going back to my story of saying no twice before I said yes, then kind of stick to and believe in yourself, kind of persevere through those tough times and don't just quit when it gets hard then kind of be adaptable. So just being able to shift and like get perspective from the outside, take a little bit of breathers, but still keep getting after it. And then the final point I consider the glue of it all is help others. I love it. I love it. I mean, as a walk on, obviously, you're not highly regarded, highly recruited. You get an opportunity to try out to make a team that, you know, most don't don't make or most don't even try. The fact that you that you finally did, what'd you say, the third time? The third time you got asked to give it a shot? You, finally you, said yes, yeah. You finally said yes, and and uh, you made it, and you have that ring, and that ring's pretty cool, let me tell you. I I met Russell about eight months ago. We actually met at what's called the Summit of Greatness, which I've been to a few times, and this was Russell's first time there, and we connected right away, and actually, I think you reached out to me, you messaged me on the platform, the Summit of Greatness platform, and he was there to to connect, which is the right mentality, meet good people. And I know you met met a ton of people. You connected with a bunch of people there. And it was just fun to get to know you. And he had his ring the one night. Or did I tell you 
Did I tell you to wear it? Maybe I don't know. I, I was like, you got to show that thing off. <laughs> no, I still don't have it. I'll send you a photo. You know, I, I actually have a photo. I think I posted a photo on uh, social media because it's it's just cool. It's just really cool, and uh, what an experience that must have been. Yeah, it's a good reminder to me. Like when I look at it, when I wear it, pretty much every day, unless I forget it, which happens, like today. It uh, <laughs> it reminds me of like what can come through persevering through hard times and like putting the hard work in reminds me of those days or mat drills, which we'll go back over. Like now that I've been doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, that kind of reminds me of those moments too. And it's, it just reminds you to like keep the grind never stops. Even though the journey for Ohio state football for me stopped, I'm still in that walk on mentality, the grind or some of the mottos we had at football were the chase, the difference. Those are still going on in my life, but I'm changing them to adapt to where I am today. What would you say was a highlight for you at that event, some of the greatness? I think it depends. If you go, there's a, the high level and like diving deep, a higher level is, I mean, COVID and times were just crazy all over. I felt like the, there was a lot of negativeness in the news, but that event reminded me how many good people are all over the world and really cool that when they're all together and just seeing where everyone's from, it, it was a good reminder of that. Like, and I definitely am going to go back especially when I live in the town that it's in, it makes, <laughs> it makes the cost a lot cheaper. So like I can invest more and get a higher ticket and pay at even or even still save compared to others that come from all over. But I'd say, I mean, the people, meeting the people and connecting and it really, it's, it's a firelight. It can light your fire if you lost your energy for in a year, go back to that event, I felt like, and you kind of get re-energized and kind of synergized too. Absolutely. And you touched on my highlights. It's absolutely the people, the connections that you make and, you know, meeting someone like yourself, which was great. I mean, you, you know, when I learned that you've played at Ohio State, you said you had season tickets. We even left the event for a couple hours and and watched the first half of Ohio State, which was so cool. And, and his tickets, when I tell you the best seat in the house, right where the Ohio State guys run in, you know, onto the field, right the front row, right at the corner. What a cool experience for a couple hours. And then we rushed back to get, get back to the event. That was a highlight for me, for sure. And, you know, connections, like I said, yourself and just the many people that that you meet there because they're all there for one reason. And it's, it's to, to do good and to meet good people and to try to thrive in this world. And, and getting back to, like you said, COVID, that was the first event back from COVID. So there was so much energy there because everyone was excited to see people in person again. Yeah. And I mean, I got a deal on a ticket because someone bought and they had to buy one, get one. So they had an extra ticket and I was able to buy it. It was a preferred seating for what I just assumed was the regular ticket. So that was a unique experience too. And it was unexpected. It's always fun. You just never know what unexpected kind of events happen, whether they're just in our daily lives too. So unexpected and, and so much fun. And and something I want to share to listen, the listeners, you know, just, just a little bit about Russell. I mean, when I first met him, not only is he inspiring, and we're going to talk more about what he's doing, but just the genuine person, genuine individual. And um, if you listen to this and or you watch the YouTube video when it gets out there, you'll see that and you'll hear that. So moving on to some of the things that you're doing, your public speaking, how is that going? And and just talk a little bit about how that came about. Yeah. So that came about because of an ex-girlfriend's friend worked at a nursing home and she said how this guy's daughter passed away, then his wife 
divorced him and he could enter hospice at any time, but he's a huge Ohio state fan. And would I be willing to just come spend some time with him and hopefully help cheer him up? And I did that. And while I was doing that, the group that like is the head of this nursing home, because they own like 62 here in Ohio said, we love what you did. Like we'd love for you to do more. And that's how my first ever public speaking event came off. They'd love me to share my story. So this is before I really had this walk on mentality talk that I leveraged today. They asked me to share this story with the community in Johnstown, Ohio was the small town where this nursing home was. And I was initially going to have this talk be more about me and kind of inner focused. And through my reflections, it's funny, I don't know what made it click, what made it switch. But I was able to kind of like get this perspective that I felt like shit, like took the light more off of me. It's still my story, but it's tries to tie it in of like us. And we, we all have this subconscious potential that we need to discover. And here's those four points. Here's four stories from my journey, actually in chronological order. So it worked out really well from that regard. And that's how the first talk came about. And I've done five so far this year. I haven't had one in a couple of weeks, but I barely marketed it. And I need to be better about like chipping away, like once a week, peppering out five or 10, like, Hey, I've done this many talks for these companies, feel free to reach out, but I haven't yet. And I need to do that because they are really fun. And I'm always big on like networking, like we were talking about it. You never know who you meet because you walked through a door or you knocked on a door or you connected on LinkedIn or posted that someone saw it. And uh, so it's led to some cool things. And that's where I've actually started recording for my podcast. Who knows how many I'm going to do before I release them. But I just think it's how can I get us all like to believe in ourselves more and just be more confident as I'm still working on that too. It's not like I'm perfect with it. So something trying to work towards. And you touched on it. I mean, connections and and meeting people. I think a lot of people don't realize the value in that. And it's something that you're trying to do, build a business and the type of business that you're trying to build. You're trying to help people with their financial stability, what have you. And you need to connect with people and you need to to meet them and, and reassure them that you're giving them the proper advice. And you got to put yourself out there to do that, to hit those financial goals. No, definitely. And it's something that I, I'm always in this discovery mode and kind of like, is that boiler room where they say always be closing? It's kind of like switch and be always be curious. So I'm reading a bunch of different books where I actually have, I'm still working on doing like my own little review for myself, but it's the ride of a lifetime about Robert Iger and Disney. And now I'm reading unreasonable hospitality about Will Godara, who owned like the, is the number one restaurant in the world, 11 Madison Park in New York. And so I'm always trying to be curious. And it's just something that's led me to try to have that growth mindset and just continue to never stop learning, never stop growing and never stop being curious. Love it. And that's a great way to put it. And Something else I love too, the video content that you've been really putting out there, uh, you know, on LinkedIn. And and I know now you're putting on some of the other social platforms. A post that you made today, which I wanted to talk about, where you said about continuing to put yourself in stressful situations, you know, mentally and physically, especially after playing in a high level, you know, football, how you were challenged. I just posted something very similarly, how important to voluntarily put yourself deliberately, you know, exposing yourself to stress and how important that is to you. So talk, talk about that post and what you're doing now to keep stressing yourself. <laughs> yeah, I actually think I thought of this 
post when I was on my way home from jujitsu this morning. Yeah. And uh, it was one of those things like when you talk about in business and life for me, my job isn't physical really. Mm -hmm. So it does really kind of challenge you mentally. And that part I love. But emotionally, absolutely. Yeah. And I never really... I never realized what I was missing until I decided to go give jujitsu a try of like, we did a thing in football called mat drills and it was big winner loser. And it was you versus someone else. And those were really fun. And I didn't realize I was missing those. And I've had friends when I said that, look at me like I was crazy when I said (laughs) jujitsu reminds me of mat drills. And they're like, I don't want to do that. But I Mm. think that's something that just kind of sharpens my iron and makes me want to go get after it or coach Slagle, who was one of our strength coaches and went down with coach Meyer actually to Florida. He always said like, get bumpy in the weight room is what he would say. It makes me want to like get bumpy for my business or just try to like grind. It almost attack and dominate mindset. And uh, not that I'm always perfect at it, but. Oh, no, we're never perfect. Yep. Never. Yeah. And re- that's where the posting, I went from once a week to, now I do pretty much at least five days a week. And it's almost sometimes improv, come up with it on the spot. But I try to, there's so much more to life than just financial planning. So I just try to share kind of everything else I'm doing and striving to have that growth mindset. So hopefully I help someone else want to try something new or think of trying something new. And I may never know that they did it because of looking at something or maybe they never did it because of me in any ways. But how can I try to champion for others to grow themselves too. Well, you and someone else I know, a friend who's in my industry and, and he's early 40s, he just started jujitsu. And, and you guys both inspire me to do it. In fact, he wants to come on the podcast as well. And I love UFC. I love martial arts. I'm a fan and it's something I always was interested in. I just, you know, and what's holding me back is my sports injuries over the years. I have a C4, C5 extrusion, slight extrusion. I just keep thinking, getting my neck cranked. You know, and and I, <laughs> I'm I'm sure there's a lot of that, right? Where you're wrapping each other up, and it, yeah, but it just depends because if you have a good kind of place that you're going and good training partners, and you communicate and are willing to tap, you can avoid a lot of those injuries because you're able to go at whatever pace. You maybe you won't progress down the ranks as fast, but. I feel like if you find a good gym, they'll be willing to be accommodating. But there are gyms that I've heard they're more competitive focused and that might not be the place to go because they won't want someone there that's not trying to like get themselves in the mud and dirt and put those really hard situations. But yeah, we have people that have bad knees and bad backs and there's certain things they do and there's certain things they don't do. And everyone that rolls with them knows it and respects it. And as competitive as I am, I know that I will potentially overdo it. So that's something that's holding me back, but I'm still thinking about it. I'm, I'm still considering it. So I'm, I'm watching you keep inspiring. <laughs> Pepper it in there. Just don't do it so often. Like if you can, I mean, where I go is it's at the National Veterans Museum, which is lucky. I'm lucky it's downtown Columbus, but they do it for free. So I'm able to have free training versus paying. A lot of places can be expensive and that can be a tough kind of pill to swallow if you're not going all the time. So, well, you know what I'm doing to stress myself. You know what yeah. I'm doing, right? Yeah. Running an ice bath. That stresses you out a little bit. Right. (laughs) I thought about running my, I've only ran two half marathons and one full, but I've thought about running more, but I hate running, but I like to put myself in those situations. I like doing too many things. I hate it too, but I'm learning to love it just because you got to keep, you know, pushing yourself to do it. But I just love how it makes you feel afterwards. 
just like ice bath. It, it, you know, and it's still, I've been doing it for years, but it's still hard. But at, when, you know, afterwards, it's just, I'm just so glad I did it. Yeah. And it's more of like, if you can get that mindset, it's you versus you kind of thing. And like when you hit those, you're waiting for that wall to come, especially when you run like a long distance, it's like, you're waiting for that wall to come. And then that's when the mindset game starts. Yeah. So like, it's all mindset. And that's the part I love about it. It's the mental game, because you're forcing yourself to do something that's hard to do that, that a small percentage of people will make themselves do. But what it also does that I've learned is by doing those hard things consistently, it makes other hard things in life easier. For example, I've shared this a few times, like, you know, just road rage, for example, you know, and (laughs) I don't get upset as much as I used to. And I think ice baths and stressing yourself out more consistently takes that energy away from, you know, getting tense, you know, when someone cuts you off as an example. But no, it's, it's it's the mental piece that I love about it. Yeah. And there's so many different things from some people. It might be the ice bath. Some people could be yoga or meditation or jujitsu or like that's where it's nice that everyone can find their own way in that community, whatever that way is. And that's where I'm hard for me because I like to try to do too many things like golf yesterday. I like pickleball, jujitsu. I like running, lifting. So I like to just balance them all and maybe... People go like pick one and be real deep in it and you'll get really good. But I also just like the variety or flavors of kind of stressful situations. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I totally get it. So where do you think you want to take your podcast? How many episodes do you have recorded now? I know you said you were starting to record them. Yeah, I've recorded three and it's been, I try to get two to three scheduled a week and I know one to two typically seem to fall off. So it's one of those that I'll be kind of trying to keep up with that and my goal is to try to get, I think of it in terms of contracts with myself. So my goal would be to do a two-year contract. So I'd get kind of 104 recorded. And then I'll see if how it goes for myself. And then I'll want to renew it or just say, hey, I hit my I hit a two like that goal and that's a cool accomplishment. What's my next thing I want to go do? Or maybe by then I'll have a family and I need to find a better balance or something. So it's one of those, I have no idea I passed that, but that's kind of what I'm thinking is about a hundred. So I was like, well, why don't not, why not just go for 104 and have two years worth of weekly. And it's going to be called the walk on mentality podcast, right? Yeah. I can't wait till you launch it, man. Do you have an idea when you're going to start launching episodes? Yeah. Not yet. yet. No, I have zero idea. I'm just working on like at least the phase one of getting so many recorded. And it's fun because like, I, I've met from networking a lot of really unique people that have very diverse and different things they're doing, but I feel like are all good people with good values. And it's like, why don't I just highlight their story? I tie in the walk on mentality, but I don't really have a structured flow to it. So I'm curious to just where people take it or what they focus on, because it just shows where, where they're passionate and try to highlight that. And while there are people connect with them, One's in tech consulting, one started a business to help people pay off their student loans faster. And one kind of works at a long-term care facility and has been with the guy for since it's two locations and now they have over 60. And uh, so it's really cool, unique journeys and kind of what makes each person tick. And I'm getting it right now, but I can't wait to then share it and kind of have other people experience some of these conversations as well. Got it. Now, in October, which was about a month after we met, you shared some goals that um, 
you had, and I know goals, whether them being short-term, medium, long-term, which you really did a nice job detailing it out. I know it's ever evolving, right? Your, your goals change, and which we had those conversations. You are knocking a lot of these out. You're really killing it from just you know seven months ago. But one I see here, and I haven't seen anything yet, you, you want to write a book. Where are you at with that? Is that down the road a, a bit? So that's funny you bring that up. So my goal actually is I'm going to take this playbook from the podcast, How I Built This. I don't know if you've ever listened to that or read their book. I'm not, no. But have you listened to it at all? No. They pretty much interview a founder of a company and how they got started and have a ton of podcasts out there now. But what they did was they used their podcast and took all those interviews and then created a book. So that's actually my plan. Uh, okay. Is the research for my book will be the podcast. And then my goal is to try to tie the walk-on mentality of like, kind of here's my story or here's my journey. Here's other people's journeys. Now create your journey or really unlock your journey. Because when I talk about it, the, the we all have that potential already within us. It's how do I help people kind of reflect and then find their vision and build from there, which actually if my financial planning process, reflection, vision, build is my three things there too. So it kind of is funny when I realized that of like, wow, these really do all go hand in hand, which makes things exciting when it's like an ecosystem. And I'm really just trying to live it, do it for myself at least once a year, if not, I try every quarter to do a little reflection, vision, build and review what I did before and then engage to attack and attack the next game plan. So that's a great way to do it. Yeah. And, and just stay consistent with it. I, I think you do it quarterly. It's, that's perfect. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. So you talked about a lot of things that you're working on. So outside of a lot of these things that you're passionate about, what do you like to do by way of hobbies to stress relief, to relax, whatever you want to share outside of a lot of things that we, we discussed? Yeah, so I would say it's kind of a combo, but jujitsu is a big one. Um, reading, I think, is a dis- like discovery podcasts, hanging out with my girlfriend, going to see my niece or parents over at my sister's house or their house, going to see my aunt and uncle, doing they have a nice little fire pit and have a fires and make s'mores and all that. So I'll go stay with them, which I lived with them when I was early on and starting my business. Coffee shop exploring. Since I have the coffee roasting business, I like coffee shop exploring. So that's fun because I mean, sometimes meetings, if I have them in different areas, I'm able to still go do that and work at the same time. So I'm lucky with my job. But it's how do you find a way to pepper in fun throughout your day and variety? And uh, it goes back to trying to feel what fuels my fire because I really feel like there's a thing for me that I'm trying to do a business life integration. So like they both go together versus like separated because when I'm dealing with people and their finances and the kind of 
wealth and life. It's more than just a nine to five to me. So how do I really kind of show that? And obviously, when I have a family one day, I'm going to want my family time and separate from work time. But like also showing like it means more than just a nine to five at the same time or Monday through Friday. Like, right. So got it. Appreciate you sharing. And if you were to give advice to, you know, someone who is getting ready to graduate from college, someone that didn't go to college, but they're just trying to find, you know, what they want to do, find something that they're passionate about in your nine years experience in your career, what advice would you give to someone on how to do that? Yeah. So a couple things I would say is like figuring out what it is that you like for fun and then trying to relate that to the spectrum of whatever it is you're trying to look at, knowing that you might pick wrong and kind of can pivot. And it's okay that you might have what you thought it was going to be. wasn't what it ended up being. Also, a big thing too is being willing to just like LinkedIn or connecting with people. Just worst case, someone will tell you is no. So reach out and ask someone if you can have a cup of coffee or meet with them at, at work, after work, whenever, and like pick their brains. Cause I'm always curious of like, how did this person get to where they are? And whether it was their parent was high up in that business or they just grinded from the ground up, or typically it's they were just right place, right time, and kind of were ready to kind of delve into that job. But I'd say like kind of that combo of just be willing to hear no from reaching out to people or crickets. You might not hear anything back, but don't let that stop you and figure out also what what can you do to add value to others? Because that always has filled my cup up. So figure out what fills your own cup up. And eventually those things will also bear fruit for you too when, when you are helping others. Love it. I've shared this on quite a few episodes and, and guests have shared it too. One of the most important things I think in college is the connections that you make and you making that a priority. I mean, just example of example for me, I mean, I made a connection, a friend, and, and he ended up working for a big company and I ended up becoming an intern for that company because of him. And it was just simple, you know, a connection. And that's just one, one of many examples, but I just, I think the people that we meet and the connections we make in college is, is one of the most important things about college. Yeah. And I'd say when you are in college, the one benefit is if you're willing to reach out to people like high up in companies that you think are successful, a lot of people will give you the time of day and meet with you. Typically doesn't mean they always will, but yeah. When you're in college still, they're looking at this person wants to learn and grow and is motivated. And you might learn, hey, actually, this person doesn't have the same values that I have. So maybe I don't want to do it that way. But you eventually find someone that got to where you'd like to be that has your values. And that's probably the person to kind of try to emulate if Mm -hmm. so. Things to also look out for, too. Got it. And hey, man, I so appreciate you. Appreciate you, uh, appreciate taking, you taking the time to uh, to share your journey. I hope you uh, you had fun telling your walk on mentality story. I'm going to miss you this September. Sorry, I'm not going to be at the uh, greatness event. I'm going to be in Peru, so it'll be uh, it'll be worth worth it. I think I can miss one. We might be going to Hilton Head, so I might not be there either. Oh, I don't know. We'll find out to be determined. Either way, it'll be a good good event to go to, no matter which one you choose. You want to share your your socials, how people can get in touch with you, whatever you like yeah. to share? Yeah, I'd say LinkedIn's big. 
Russell Daub, and then I have something about national championship on there, and then the walk-on mentality, and I'm wearing a little business suit with a smile on that. And then uh, also Russ Daub on Instagram, and I think that's my Twitter handle too. So you can find me on any of those and happy to connect with whoever wants to connect. Brother, thanks again, man. And uh, I can't wait to connect with you again soon. Sounds good. Take care. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA, SIPC, Nicholas Ofac and Constructing Greatness Podcast are not affiliated with Maxwell Financial Management or LPL Financial. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.